So welcome, welcome everyone. Um, again, my name is Jacob, if you're just tuning in. Tuning in, like the Dick Van Dyke show. I've been watching WandaVision, so that got me. Okay, what am I talking about now? Okay, so, um, so I'm just so glad you are with us today. Um, I uh, did something a little different today. As you notice, and you walked in, we have an outline. I'm growing up. <laughs> we got an outline to follow along, so give me some grace if I go by too fast with it. Um, but I'd love for you to take some notes. On, if you're online, we don't have the outline posted online yet. We're going to work on that for, for next week, okay? All right, but here you go. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Now, I think any parent or anyone who watches kids know that at certain times, you just need to take a time out, Right? Kids just have to take, take a time out. Maybe a kid is getting a little rowdy. You know, maybe they're not listening to directions. They just need a time out. Now, one time my daughter, Kingsley, who's about to be three uh, in, in a couple of weeks, which is wild to me, um, got a time out that she brings up very regularly. She brings up this time out, this particular time out regularly. And, I'm, and I swear she's probably going to bring it up to her counselor one day when she's in her 20s. You know, she's going to remember this moment. Because uh, anytime I, I hurt her feelings, she goes back to this, mo- to this moment. Okay, so this is what happened. You tell me if I was in the wrong, all right? Here's what happened. She kept climbing up on our little chimney at our, at our, at our old house. And she just kept jumping, jumping down from it. And she's two years old. You know, this is not safe. This is not a safe thing to do. And so as a parent, I evaluated the situation and said, oh, okay, she's going to hurt herself if she, if she does this. So I said, Kingsley, don't jump anymore on, on, the, chim- on the chimney. And she said, no, I'm going to do it. I was like, whoa, okay, you're two years old. And you know, I can't picture, I can't wait to see when you're, when you're 14 how this is going to go. Okay. So, um, so she did it one more time. She got on the ledge. She jumped, she jumped down. And so I picked her up. And you would have thought I like snatched her up like, like aggressively because she just starts crying a deep, deep cry as soon as I pick her up, right? She's just, just yelling. I'm like, oh my gosh, in my head, like, oh my gosh. And I, and I sit her on the stairs and because I, we read this awesome book on how to discipline your, your two-year-old. And uh, so I sit her on the stairs and I sit next to her. And at the end of this whole, whole ordeal, Kingsley wants me to apologize to her for hurting her feelings. And I'm like, well, what did I do? What did I do to you to hurt your feelings? And she was like, you said I can't jump from the chimney anymore. And I said, yeah, that's what you, I wanted you to do. Okay, here you go. Let's fast forward some months down the road. Kingsley still brings up the moment when I made her sit in time out and hurt her feelings. I'm like... I was just trying to be a good dad. <laughs> That's all I was trying to do. You know, but sometimes we need timeouts, right? We need timeouts even when we don't feel like it. Now, for a lot of us, this past year, because of the pandemic, kind of felt like a giant timeout. Kind of felt like a giant timeout. We had to stay home. You know, we had to cancel trips. We had to reduce our, our work schedules, our personal schedules. For me personally, it gave me a lot of time to think about life in, in, in general. And in that time, it, it really actually gave me a lot of time to develop some spiritual disciplines my soul was longing for. And this time is actually even showing me that the hustle life that a lot of people in our, in our world promote isn't necessarily a godly life. And that God has a certain pace for life in different seasons of life. And that, you know, the honest truth, family and friends are more valuable than achieving recognition or, or, you know, things like that. So 
Now, as, as we are kind of somewhere, I guess, in the middle, heading towards the end of this pandemic, I truly believe that God does not want us to just resume life how it was. I, I truly believe God does not just want us to go back to how things were. I don't believe God wants, wants you and me and us to just overcrowd our schedules again schedule ourselves way beyond. I like the song we just sung. It says that God's always working. That doesn't mean we have to always be working. We don't have to overwork ourselves. You know, we don't have to lie to ourselves that busyness means significance. See, I believe that God has given us the opportunity to reset our lives. Not resume our lives, but to reset it. Instead of going back to our old ways, we have the opportunity to redefine, reset, and look towards a better life. See, did you know that God has a life for you that's better than a good life? God has a life for you that, of course, is better than a bad life. God has a life that is a life overflowing. That's what Jesus promises us. And what I want to do today, and what we're going to honestly do for the rest of the year, is talk more about this overflowing, better life that God has for us. So we got messages planned throughout the year. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about intentional living. We're going to talk about spiritual disciplines. All the things that help us achieve this overflowing life. See, as your pastor, if you, if you view the local as your church home, my job is, is to help you, is to equip you to become who Jesus designed you to be. I win at life when you win at life, when you become more like Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a reset. And so what's the definition of a reset? Here you go. It is to make a new, fresh start due to change, circumstances, opportunities, or priorities. Now, that's exactly what COVID-19 has done, right? It's given us the opportunity to kind of have a fresh start with some, with some things. So what I want to do today is give us four principles to look at in order to reset instead of just picking back up on some old habits that we don't, ne don't necessarily really want, okay? So here we go. Who's ready to use our outlines today, all right? This is about to be fun. Principle number one, eliminate the non-essentials in my life. That's on your outline. Eliminate the non-essentials in my life. Now, one thing that is true for the majority of the world, we are not running at the same speed as we were prior to COVID. Whether COVID directly affected you, last year was, you know, it, it, last year was still very stressful. It was filled with a lot of grief. People experienced a lot of grief last year, exhaustion. And, you know, it was kind of like this long, slow trauma, to, you know, to be honest. And what happens there in trauma is that you begin to get depleted. Mentally, emotionally, you know, spiritually, physically. Some of you might not even know it, but, but you may have undealt with grief from last year. Maybe you missed some events that you wanted to go to. Certain things got canceled that you weren't able to do. You know, and, and, as you're, and, can, I, and I, can I be honest with you guys today? I like to be honest. Can I be honest? You know, a pastor that lies probably isn't a good pastor. <laughs> so, so can I be honest today? It was kind of nice in the first six months of covid to not have to set up for church every week. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys, okay? It, it was kind of nice, you know? I mean, I've been, I, I personally, I've been running and producing weekly services. I have preached to some degree, you know, every week for, you know, multiple, multiple times a week for, you know, almost 10 years, if not more than that. So the, at first, 
cooking breakfast with my family, watching church online. It was, it was kind of nice. I was like, okay, all right, vacation. <laughs> you know? so, so, so but, but as I felt the Holy Spirit leading us to return to in-person services, I felt God cautioned me too. I felt God cautioned me not to start with a high production service, you know, not, to, not to spend a lot of resources on marketing, but to do things simple, but with excellence. Simple with excellence. God did not want us to go back to an overworked mindset of church service, but God wanted us to be selective on what we were doing. So here you go. You may be in a category of depleted. You may feel like, man, I've been depleted, and you're working on to get some motivation back in your life. Or you might be in the category of, of not wanting to overwork yourself again, kind of like how I am. See, the Bible tells us three things we need to eliminate in our lives. Three things that we need to eliminate in our lives. And these three things are this, a sin that holds me back, the activities that waste my energy, and unhealthy habits. These three things, the Bible tells us we, we need to get rid of these. The, we need to eliminate these things from our lives. So let's, let's go through these a little bit real fast. Here you go. First one, sins that hold me back. Now, we don't want to bring back sinful behaviors from pre-COVID into our, our, into our future. We don't want to bring back these things into, into our life. And what do I mean by sinful? sinful? To be sinful simply means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. Missing God's best for you. So maybe during this time, you started spending more time with God. Maybe during this time, you actually took, you took advantage of it and spent more time with your family. You, maybe you got healthy. You know, whatever the case may be. When things get busy again, you don't want to neglect the good habits that you started during this time to just go back to how things were. Hebrews 12.1 puts it this way. Let us run the race before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sins that hold us back. I like how the contemporary English puts it. It says, we must throw off every weight that slows us down, especially those sins that just won't let go. Who, who's that ever experienced that? Some things in your life that feel like, man, I just can't let that go, man. It's just hard to let that go. Now, what I'm talking about here is habitual sins, okay? You, you know, you, could, you habitually were impatient. You don't want to bring that back. You, were habit you habitually lost your temper, you don't want to bring that back. You overworked, you don't want to bring that back. Fearful, anxious, worried all the time, thousands of other sins you can insert here. We don't want to bring those into our lives. Instead, let's let them go. Let's eliminate those things. Evaluate those things and let's eliminate them. Second thing is this, activities that waste my energy. Now, these aren't necessarily things that are just wrong. Okay, they are just things that aren't necessary. There's a lot of things that we do that aren't sinful, but they're just not necessary for our lives. And they, they cost energy, our time. We're going to be doing something more productive. Paul puts it like this. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is, is beneficial. Now, this isn't just a, I need to start, stop doing bad things. This is a, I don't want to miss out on the good life, the better life God has for me by doing things I don't really need to do. Everything is permissible for me, but I won't be mastered by anything. You want to know something that you should be mastered by, though? You should be mastered by, by, the, by the Holy Spirit, by listening to the Holy Spirit for your lives. And, and, and here's the thing. You may be, you know, I'm going to pick on some people. Can I pick on some people? You may, you may, you may binge watch too much TV. You may, you may spend way too much time on social media. They're not bad things necessarily. But are they the obedient things that God wants you to do? Are they the things that God wants you to do? Just take one obedient step towards Jesus, okay? Number three, 
unhealthy, unhealthy habits. Okay, now here's what the Bible says. Ephesians 4 says it this, this way. Get rid of your old self, which made you live like you used to live. The old destructive patterns that were rooted in deceitful desires. Instead, let your heart and mind be made completely new. That sounds good to me. Put on your new self, which is created to be like God and shows itself in the true life that is right and good. Now imagine with me for a second here. Imagine if I just always carried a big thing of trash with me everywhere I went. Like there's a big bag of trash. I got plenty of trash in my house right now. I got too much trash because I forgot to set up. When we moved into our new house, I forgot to set up the trash pickup and I got trash. It's a lot. Okay. And so, so imagine I just had a garbage bag with me everywhere I went. You know, I always walked around with it. I, I went to, if I, imagine if I went to the grocery store with it, to Target with it, all different places. People wouldn't want to be around me because I would smell like trash, right? I would, I would smell like garbage. Here's the truth. A lot of us actually walk around with garbage, carrying garbage, People, you know, the, the truth is we do, this, we do this a lot. These are the habits that we have. We carry these habits with us every day and they make us smell bad and they're, and they're not what we really want. It's when we have bitterness that we refuse to let go of. It's when we have lack of forgiveness for people. And here's the thing. You don't want to carry a garbage bag with you when, can I get cheesy? I always get one of them. I get one of them a week. You don't want to walk around with a garbage, garbage bag of things you don't want when Jesus is the ultimate garbage disposal. Come on, somebody. Is that a good one? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, see, see, but you got to eliminate those things. Eliminate those things. Okay, here you go. Number two. Principle number two. Excel at what really matters. I love this. I love this. You can excel in life. And guess what? You can excel at things that don't really matter. You can excel at things. You can excel in the marketplace, but lose your family. You can excel in success, but lose yourself in the process. See, you got to stop focusing on the stuff that doesn't matter and start focusing on the stuff that does. See, I want to be honest with you guys today. There's more things that I'm bad at than I'm good at. There's like way more things I'm bad at. I'm bad at a lot of things. Like, 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 you want me to sing a song? Bad. <laughs> you want, you, you want, you want me to, to, you know, lift a bunch of weight? It's going to be bad. You know, you, you I'm, I'm bad at a lot of things. But the things that I'm good at, I want to be exceptional at it. I want to be really good at it. See, here's the thing. You don't have to be good at everything in life. You just got to be good at the things that God has called you to be good with. You just got to be good at the things that God has put in front of you. You know, you know that's the, the world tells you that you have to be perfect. And, you know, I, don't, I don't know who remembers the, the Mia Hamm, Michael Jordan commercial. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. I'm never going to be as good as Michael Jordan. I'd never be as good as Mia Hamm. I, never, I don't even know how to kick a soccer ball. But I can be the best version of me God has called me to be. I can be, I, and, I, and I can do what really matters for my life. So what really matters? What really matters? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. See, you won't master this overnight, overnight, but there's three habits, I believe, that really matter that God wants us to do. And the first one is this. Habit number one, managing my time. 
managing my time. You know, let's get better at managing our time. Selection is the name of the game when it comes to managing our time. The best way to manage your time is to properly select what really matters. See, I said this before. Sin's biggest trick is that it wastes your valuable time. It wastes your valuable time. The people who live better at life don't necessarily have a better job than you. They don't necessarily make more money than you. They just manage their time better. They manage their time. The time is one thing you can never get back. You can never get back. If you waste your time, you waste your life. See, time is an equal playing field. Some people do have more money. Some people do have more resources. Some people do have more connections, more house. But we all have the same amount of time. And what we do in our time is important. What we decide to do with our time is so important. For example, when, when COVID hit, we had to take Kingsley out of daycare. But Aaron and I still had two jobs and someone had to watch Kingsley. We couldn't just let her roam wild in the house all day. So, so I had the more flexible schedule. So I did. I had, to, I had to start watching Kingsley. So you want to know what I did? Because I'm still pastoring a new church plant in the middle of a pandemic. I started waking up at 4.30 in the morning. I started waking up at 4. I don't like to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. You know, I, I'd rather be sleeping. But I, but I had to do it. I, I had to start waking up and, and I would work from 4.30 to around 7.30 until Kingsley woke up. And in that three hours, I would crush it. Actually, honestly, I probably got more done in three hours than I did a whole eight-hour work day because I just I had to get it done before she woke up. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and here's the thing. I tell you the story because anything that's important to you, you'll make time for it. You'll make time for it. Don't say you don't have time, but, but, but you're doing other things that you don't need to be doing. Anything, that you, anything that's important to you, you, you make time for it. Psalm 60 puts it this way. Teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in what? Wisdom. Wisdom. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wisdom. If I make the most of my time, I can be wiser. See, this is a good prayer to start praying in your life. Here you go. How does God teach, teach you to start using your time better? This is funny. You want to know how you can start learning how to use your time better? By spending time with God. By actually carving out intentional time with your day to spend time with God. I'm telling you this. Once you start making intentional time for God in your day, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, you will be amazed at how much more time you have. Not because God will all of a sudden like give you more minutes in a day. Um, no, but when you prioritize God, other priorities start to fall in line. Other things start to fall in line. Anything in your life that is not prioritized will escape you. That, that's why budgeting money is so important. If you don't, if you don't put a name on, on your money, it goes to Target. <laughs> True story. But, but, but if you put a name on it, you save it. Same with your time. You know, you know have you ever said, man, I don't, have, I don't have time to read a book. Dang, that whole show I watched in one day was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> like, no, you have the time. Okay, first step to manage your time. Invest your time in your relationship with God. Okay, second habit. Living on purpose. Come on, live on purpose. Proverbs 17, 24 says this. An intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. See, so how do you live on purpose? You just have to follow through. Just start to follow through. Pick one thing. And start to follow through with it. Don't be a golden corral. You don't want to be a golden corral. Just a bunch of like not good things. You want to be a Ruth Chris steakhouse. Come on, somebody. They're known for having the most delicious steak. I went there once. I didn't have a lot of money. I did it. I was trying to impress a girl. 
Didn't he even get, never mind. What am I talking about? Okay, so, 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 so maybe, maybe you've been trying to get in shape. Just walk five minutes a day. You say, oh, that doesn't do nothing. A five-minute walk, that won't do nothing. A five-minute walk is better than a no-minute walk. And then a, then a five-minute walk can lead to a 10. That can lead to a 15. That can lead to a mile. That can lead to a two-mile. That can lead to you starting to run. You got to start somewhere and follow through with it. Just aim towards one thing instead of trying to do a bunch of things. And you'll begin to excel. See, one of, the, one of our values here at the local is simple plus excellent. Simple plus excellent. And that means we don't want to overcomplicate things here. We don't want to overcomplicate the gospel. You know, like, like we want to have a youth ministry. Like, that, like I was a youth pastor for, for over six years. I love young people. But right now we just don't have the team to do that. Like we want to do international missions. Right now, we don't have the team to do that. You know, we, we, wanted, we want to have a, a thriving women's ministry. Right, right now, we don't have the resources to do that. That's, that's okay because we're going to believe for God to provide those things for us. But in the meantime, we can, we, we've supported um, a, a program called Matthew's Place that works with inner city kids, teaching them how to read. We, we supported a missionary who's going, to, I believe is going in, in the end of this month, I believe, or sooner, or, I mean, a little bit later in the summer. We supported a woman's shelter. Yeah, we, we haven't been able to do all the things, but we can, be, we can aim and we can be, do things with simple and excellence, okay? So I encourage you to do the same thing with your own personal life, okay? Here you go. Ha- habit number three, choosing good priorities. And this is where we see um, the famous story of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. Jesus is visiting his friends. Mary is at the feet of Jesus listening to what, what he has to say, which is awesome how Jesus was so inclusive uh, to women. And, and, um, but, but, but while Mary is listening, Martha is what? Stressing out. She's stressing out, hosting the party, which makes her upset. I love how Jesus with compassion talks to Martha. Check this out, Luke 10. Jesus, my, Jesus says this, My dear friend Martha, you worry and fuss over so many different little things, but really only one thing is essential, and Mary has selected it. What did Mary select? Spending time with Jesus. She selected spending time with Jesus. Here's, so here's the question. Is spending time with Jesus the top priority in your schedule? Because if it's not, you'll never move from a good life to the best life that God has for you. See, I suggest you to start doing so. You may be like, Jacob, you're a broken record. You keep telling me to spend time with God. Yes, I can give you the 10 tips on how to live the best life ever. But if you're not spending time with Jesus, those tips will fade away. It's spending time with God. It's calling on the Holy Spirit. It's praying and spending time with your creator, God. That's when, that's how you will begin to move in the life that God has for you. See, Spending daily time with Jesus, if, it's, if it isn't the main thing in your life, nothing else is going to work. Nothing else is going to work. See, our God, check this out. Our God is personal and powerful. So he personally wants to know you. And he's powerful to work in your life. Here you go. Principle number three. Embrace the new things God does. The new things. Embrace means more than just agree with it. Embrace means Try to love it. Try to love it. See, it's not just accepting things for how they are, but it's embracing the new things, the good things that God is doing in your life. And you may be like, I don't feel like God is doing good things in my life right now. 
I like, what's the good thing happening? I can't embrace that. Like, so if you're a parent or an aunt or uncle or whatever, uh, how, how much does your child change over the years, right? I mean, from, I, we got three, almost a three-year-old now, and uh, from one to three, she's a completely different person, right? She's completely different. And then, you know, then from three to five, they change. From five to 10, they change. 10 to 14, and so on. They change. There's so much change in each season, and there's something new to embrace about your kid. See, COVID has brought long-lasting change to our society. I mean, I, I mean it really has. And, and not all of it, a lot of it isn't good. A lot of it isn't good. But the question I have for you, when your kid or your niece or nephew ever was going through all those changes, did you stop loving them? I hope not. Even though the baby years may be the fun years and the teenage, the teenage years may be uh, not fun. <laughs> I was a youth pastor, man. I, got, I heard all the craziest stories possible. Um, you love them at each stage of their growth. Not every stage is just fun, but, you, but when, they, when they grow, they, they change, and change, healthy change can lead to, to, where, to where God wants you to be. See, COVID has changed things, and truthfully, like I said, life probably would never get back to how it was. We can't go back. The past is in the past, and it's staying in the past. The past ain't coming into the future unless you bring it to, to the future. So you really only have two options. We either complain and grumble and want things to go back to the way they were, or we get on with a new life. We start to move on because complaining and grumbling won't get you back to where you were. It will get you stuck in the desert for 40 years. It will get you stuck at a place where God's trying to do a new thing in your life. And you say, oh, back in the day before COVID, I was doing this. Let's be honest. Before COVID, you had struggles too. Before COVID, you had issues going on too. So it's not like everything before then was like, oh, great, the promised land. No, God is trying to bring you to a promised land. And you got to begin to embrace the new things that God is doing. So what are the new things God is doing with your life? What are the new things God is doing with his church? What are the new things God is doing with your friends and family in your career? Isaiah 40, 43 puts it like this. The Lord says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Instead, look at the new things I am doing. They are already starting to happen. Can you see what I begun to do? Come on, can you see it? Can you see it? Before you can embrace the new things, you have to see it. First, are you looking for it? Are you just looking back? I want things to be like this. I want things to be like how it used to be. I want things to be like how, how I used to do things. So you're never going to get things how they used to be. The good news is this. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who are, who are Jesus followers, you're a new creation in Christ. And Jesus is good at doing new things. He's good at doing new things. God, who is full of mercy and full of grace, if we decide to look ahead instead of behind, he can even take our worst decisions in life. He can take our biggest pains. And he can do something good. He can make something good with it. So are you hanging on to shame? Are you hanging on to regret? Are you hanging on to a lie that someone spoke over your life? Are you hanging on to those things? Begin to let them go. I had a friend once who she spent more time in the past than she ever did in the present and the future. I mean, she used to always say, oh, back in the day, I used to lead worship and, and the youth church was so great and I was so on fire for God. And, and finally, one day I said to her, I said, you're fantasizing so much about the past that, that your present and your future is falling to pieces. And guess what happened to her? She stayed in the past and her life began to fall into pieces. 
See, I want to encourage you today. You are a product of your past, but you don't have to be a prisoner of your past. You don't have to be a prisoner. God is doing a new thing. And it's okay to grieve the past. Grieve if you lost something last year. Grieve it. Don't hide it. Grieve it. That's okay. But in your grief, keep your eyes focused on what Jesus is doing. What Jesus is doing. Okay, and my last principle, number four. And James, you can make it sound real spiritual up in here for us, okay? Our last principle is this. Accept gradual change in me. I mean, expect gradual change in me. Expect it. It means little by little in me and in you. See, we, we normally don't want this. We normally want rapid change, right? We want things to change fast. I want a hot summer body in 30 days. Come on, somebody. We want our best life now, you know. Kingsley, my daughter, her favorite phrase literally is, I want it right now. Right now. I'm like, what the heck? By nature, we are always in a hurry. See, problems don't happen overnight. Solutions don't happen overnight either. Bad habits didn't start overnight. Stopping them won't happen overnight either. It will take gradual change. See, there's this interesting verse in the Bible about Noah and the flood. And there was this great flood. There was this great flood that happened. And guess what? The water just didn't go away after the, God was just kind of done with the, with the flood. It, it stayed there for a while. Take this out. Genesis 8 it says this. The flood, the flood gradually receded. Little by little, the water lowered. After 150 days, the worst was over. And this is what COVID feels like. We, sometimes we're on the news, oh, get a vaccine. And we're like, oh, did the vaccine work? <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like little by little, you know, God, what are you doing? How are you moving in this, in this? See, there's another interesting verse in the Bible. God frees his people out of Egyptian slavery, like I mentioned earlier. They're heading towards the promised land. It's the land flowing with milk and honey. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like a great Starbucks or something like that. It's flowing with milk and honey. And, and check this out. Exodus 23, 30 says this. Little by little, I drive the enemies out of your life until you have grown strong enough to take full possession of the land I've given you. I want you to notice something here about this verse. It says, little by little, God says, I drive out the enemies out of your life until you have grown. See, sometimes if God just took something out of our lives, he just, if he was just a genie and said, I just got rid of that, we wouldn't even develop into the person that God wanted us to be. You may be facing pain. You may be in struggle. You may have some things going on in your life. And God can use that very thing to build up the character, build up the person that he created you to be. See, little by little, God works. Gradually, God is changing us and working in us. God is not a, a, a get-quick scheme kind of God. He's not a, let me just do this real fast. Let me take this pill. Let me, let me do this diet and then I'll have it. He works gradually in our lives, little by little. And I'm telling you this today. In order to take the full possession of the land that God wants to give you, you have to be willing to say, God, I trust you today. What are you working in me today? What are you doing through me in this situation that is not ideal? I don't know about you, but this is some of my worst seasons of life. 
that I heard God speak the loudest. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, he said, he said, it's in our pain that God shouts to us. See, Kingsley is so funny. I know I mention my daughter all the time. I just spend every single day with her. Kingsley always says to her little brother, Jameson, Jameson, you can't have a popsicle yet. You are too little, but you can when you get bigger. She always wants to let him know that the popsicles are hers. See, if my, if my almost three-year-old knows some things would come to you in different seasons of life, maybe we should too. Maybe we should too. It doesn't mean it's not coming, but little by little you begin to see it. See, God gradually working on your life so that you can have the better life. It's not an overnight thing. It doesn't need to be. I want to encourage you with this last verse in Isaiah 26. People who set their minds on you, you keep completely whole and steady on their feet because they keep, it, they keep at it and don't quit. So depend on God and keep at it because in the Lord God, you have a sure thing. Come on, somebody. I love it. Pray with me right where you are. God, we want to keep our eyes focused on you. We want to keep at it, Lord. We want to depend on you. So Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Whether you're in this room or watching online, Holy Spirit, come and speak. What are some things in our lives that you're trying to do the reset? trying to lead us into a new direction, forgetting the former things and embracing the new. Come, Holy Spirit, speak. Speak, Lord. We're listening. I just feel the Holy Spirit right now saying, in order to embrace new things, you got to extend your arms. You got to reach it. And I even feel like now deeply there's some people going through something. The idea of embracing something new is horrifying to you. It's, there's a lot of fear rising up. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that he is with you. He's for you. Mm-hmm. You can lean on him even in this. Whatever that even in this thing is for you. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying you can lean on him even in this, even in this thing. So come, Holy Spirit, have your way. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.